0: On this evening in 1966 the new metropolitan opera house at lincoln center opened its doors for the first time on the bill was the world premiere of antony and cleopatra by the inimitable samuel barber with a libretto and direction by the brilliant franco zeffirelli and starring as cleopatra none other than leontine price for the world premiere also the opening of the opera house no expense was spared The team also included revolutionary choreographer Alvin Ailey and maestro Thomas Skippers at the podium. Condensing Shakespeare's five acts in over 40 scenes to three acts over three hours, Zeffirelli preserved much of the speaking style of the original tragedy. The stage design and costumes were extraordinarily elaborate, and the cast was enormous, including 22 principal singers, a full chorus, Dozens of extras, and a troupe of ballet dancers, which put together stretched the limits of the cutting edge technology of the new opera house to its limits. But the mammoth production was not without problems. Some might even say that on that evening it entered theatrical lore as one of the great operatic disasters of all time. The Met's new state of the art stage machinery had broken down during rehearsals. On the night, Lighting cues were erratic, and audible cries of desperation like, Look out for the Sphinx! occasionally came from the backstage crew. And famously, at one point, the soprano Leontine Price found herself actually trapped inside Cleopatra's pyramid tomb. The orchestra was in on it, too. Having played the two previous seasons without a contract, the players were threatening to strike, but were assuaged when the Met's general manager, Rudolf Bing, announced a last-minute labor settlement before the third act curtain. The next morning, Barber sailed for Italy, and only after he arrived in Europe did he realize that the press had more or less unanimously proclaimed his new opera a giant fiasco. Almost every important music critic in the world was there, and few had anything good to say. Barber never really got over it, and for the rest of his life, he virtually lost his will to compose. Barber, along with the general audience, blamed Franco Zeffirelli as the designer, director, and librettist. Barber may not have written a perfect opera, but there did at times seem to be another opera hidden beneath all the blinding glitter of a heaving extravaganza, which, Zeffirelli obviously meant to be the last word in operatic spectacle. What I wrote and what I envisioned had nothing to do with what one saw on that stage, Barber later told the writer John Gruen. But Mr. Zeffirelli had reasons for his approach, even though they may have misfired having free reign over the biggest, most technologically advanced theater in the world must have had an absolutely irresistible gravitational pull. Of course, Barber, Skippers, and Zeffirelli would endure, and Price was also untarnished, despite her technical difficulties and costumes that virtually imprisoned her on opening night. But her recollection of that night in 1966 wasn't entirely without acrimony. At the 1975 Juilliard revival performance of Antony and Cleopatra, a fan asked her what it was like to reprise her role once more. Honey, she replied, when I heard the first notes, I broke out into a cold sweat. Of course, as I record this, the Metropolitan Opera, along with the Los Angeles Opera and every other opera house in the U.S. are shuttered for the foreseeable future. Online content in the form of concerts and living room recitals are still being produced, but I and my colleagues eagerly await the day when we can get back to delivering the beauty, pageantry, and spectacle of opera to our audiences, even if it means getting temporarily stuck inside a pyramid every now and then. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.